Oi, guppies, and welcome back to a cold, cold night of Chicago winter. As our adventurers have reached safe haven, they start to power down for the night. Baps leaves his new friends to clean up the dragon head mess in his apartment as basically goes to his room to power down. But as often happens this time of year, during those power down cycles, Babs's memories start to stir. Long forgotten echoes, cities long gone, lives once lived. As he finishes his power down cycle and begins to enter the deep diagnostic states of his robot personage, memories of New York City come to the forefront. Manhattan, a city once plagued by earthquakes, fallen, rebuilt, now home of some of the strongest economic powerhouses on all of the world. And that is where Babs's story once began. Many, many years ago, in the undercity of old Manhattan, and not quite an arcology, but a system of tunnels where dwarves, orcs, trolls, and others that weren't quite accepted by the humans and elves of the top-dwelling city gathered. In this memory, we find friends long forgotten. And to that front, we have a guest this week. We'd like to welcome back Sissy Jones, who is going to be joining us for a wonderful adventure. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we talked a little bit about your character, and uh, I have a special intro for you to kind of give you something to go off of. Great. <laughs> your character's name is Tristeza Morgan. Your mother is deceased. She was exiled from the elf lands of Tier Taranag, which is just south of Portland, basically because she had you, a half-breed child. Your appearance is not that of an elf. It is very distinctly more human-leaning. And that is something that elves tend to not like. She traveled across the entire continent with you and eventually settled in New York. Odd jobs here and there, as most of the elven population wouldn't accept her, or you. She went from living in one slum to another, trying to protect you as best she could. At one point, she contracted the creeping death, a disease born from the wake of the corruption. Before your eyes, she wasted away. She died in an alley. And before a name could truly be given to you, as is such the custom of the younglings, you were left to your own. In your hands, you clutched your mother's necklace and her book of strange scribbles. You were taken in as a ward of the city, which is a fancy way of saying child labor. At the human age of six, you escaped from the work arcology of Mitsuhama, which is a computer and electronics manufacturer, and found your way into the tunnels below the city. You did this to avoid this corp security and all the other police that would be looking for any sort of escaped people. You are what they call sinless. You were never assigned a RF chip that identified you. And as thus, you were able to roam unopposed, stealing what you could, hungry, tired and coughing you stumbled into what might have once been a subway tunnel at this point you hadn't eaten for days you were tired you're curled up inside an old metal container and let darkness take you when you awoke you were swaddled in furs and on a bed down by a roaring fire 
The room around you was furnished lavishly and filled with books similar to your mother's. You were cleaned and clothed, and on the nightstand near you, warm bread and honey sat with a glass of liquid. You ate hungrily, savoring the delightful food. It was not stale or overgrown with moss or mold. The liquid was warm and smelled of spice, and as you drank it, your insides grew warm, warm in a way that you have never known. As you took to the sights of the room, you heard a noise of metal on metal clanging away. Curiosity got the better of you, a trend you never would quite truly outgrow. And you crept to the door of the small room, peering your head through a crack, you saw a man, squat, barely taller than you, with arms as big as two of yours bundled together. He was pulling something from a roaring fire and hitting it against the metal table with a large hammer. His hair reflected the firelight, but what you noticed most were his legs, thick and corded as his arms, but not flesh as you had seen. They reflected the firelight like a mirror. Entranced, you didn't notice. He had stopped swinging the hammer. I was wondering when you'd wake up, lass. You eat like a damned orc that ain't seen nary a carcass for months. You gasped as he turned and fixed his eyes upon you, a smile cracking the features of his craggy and scarred face. It was not a face of hate or contempt as you have always known. It was warm and welcoming. You're safe, lass. None shall harm ye. Be stray or kin, me forge is safe from all. Dinner you worry none. Saw you huddled in a shipping container, half dead, half given up. What can I say? I'm a sucker for a sob story. He wiped his hands on a leather apron and hung from his chest, surely his armor, and the black soot wiped away, revealing hands scarred, not unlike his face, strong, not unlike his arms, but delicate and out of place. Me name is Ragnar Steelspine, and you're welcome to stay for in as long as you like. And you fixed to stay forever? Well, then we just have to put you to work like all the us. You cringe, remembering the workhouse where you toiled for 20 hours a day, your small hands forced to assemble wiring robots and machines. He sees the horror flash across your face. Nary a worry, lass. Tis not be a forced thing. You choose your work, you live, and you work, and you play. On your own terms. We be our own masters here. And, he spits, that the dragons can take it up the arse. And so it was. Ragnar showed you the enclave, a giant cavern filled with the old buildings and skyscrapers of old New York, a city beneath the city. New structures as dazzling as any above ground, and you noticed no security details. No armored divisions, no neon signs. Just people. In time you learned to trade, a scholar. You learned the ways and language of the dwarves. Ragnar became like a father to you, and on the day of your tenth human year, a name was given. Morgan, a name you carried with you, the necklace of your mother carried had engraved on the backside. The front two ravens carrying a sword became your crest. Ragnar gave you the name Tristeza. In the language of the dwarves, it means sorrow. He said names have meaning, some literal. You carried great sadness, and to name it such would remove its power from you and give you dominion over it. You learned Ragnar was once a shadow runner, until he lost both of his legs fighting in a corporate war he had no stake in. He built his own legs and founded the Enclave below New York, taking in dwarves and the dregs above that the overlanders did not want or couldn't stand. He built robots now. He claims he's attempting to create a new life, but you aren't quite sure. Though two have been assigned to you, your curious nature and need to explore meant Ragnar wanted to keep you safe. 
Abe, or Artificial Bipedal, bipedal Entity, and Babs would follow you wherever you went. In your exploration, you found many forgotten books. You archived them all, read them all, and learned of the world before now. It was through these books that you learned you can make words come to life, and thus your touch of magic was sparked. You have found certain books allow you to expand it, but the dwarves of the Enclave don't know much about magic. So you don't bother with anyone except for Abe and Babs. And, well, they're not going to tell anybody. And that's where we start. A day in the adult life. You with your two robotic protectors and the entire world before you. What would you like to start your day with? Coffee. Well, that's easy enough to come by. <laughs> it tastes like petrol, but it gets the job done. Okay, may I just say off <laughs> out of character, we need to bring you back in because motherfuckers have been holding out on us. <laughs> we <laughs> never get intros like this. <laughs> wow, that was that was really beautiful, seriously. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome back anytime just so that we can get more of that. <laughs> my fault you and you and Vince just like shit all over everything I write. That is wrong and you know it. <laughs> right. Sorry, proceed. <laughs> So, yep, the coffee goes down smooth. You can probably find a little bit of breakfast if you can, if you want. There's scraps of meat and bread, easy enough to find. Life here is is pretty rustic, but open. Like everybody trades, everybody can go anywhere they want. It's uh, it's fairly nice. All right, let's go explore. All right, so this is part of your job. The dwarves have sort of founded a lack of a better term, it's a library. They don't really know what a library is per se, but you kind of do. This is where you find all of the books of old New York, all of the vestiges of lost humanity. And in the center of this place you have carved, and, and this is a huge building. This is probably was used to be a, a bank of sorts. You have filled every nook and cranny with books as you can. There's a giant table in the middle of this, this space and there's a map and it is a map of everything you've been able to figure out all the little side tunnels all the little buildings and you have about four new options that you haven't explored yet two to the north one to the east and one directly to the south of the enclave itself let's go to the northwest all right do you have a map joe uh i don't actually have a okay. drawn out map okay. for this no you're going to have to use your imagination. Go figure. <laughs> That's going to go really well. That's on my... <laughs> so, Babs, you are uh, following your charge. That's Would right. you like to say anything or do anything? I am curious because this is now beyond what I had imagined for the character and kind of out of my hands here. So, at what point is Babs right now in, let's say, his development and also his memory issues. Is he pretty much fine as per his initial design, or is he at a point where he has forgotten and con continues to forget shit? Nope, you are fresh off the uh, the forges, so to speak. You have everything intact. Okay. Okay. So, and uh, you are, for lack of a better term, the combat unit. Uh, so your entire purpose is to protect. You okay. are basically like RoboCop, but not as hokey. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to assume that 
she don't want no lip unless she wants to talk to me. And so I will just be quiet and follow behind. All right. So you can head out and uh, the entire enclave is alive. It's early in the morning, but you could see all the craftsmen are, are heavy at their trade as you're moving through this sub city. The leather workers are tanning. The machinists are working on giant, massive creations of metal and stone. This is like the old dwarven cities of fantasy that you've read in some of your books. And everybody seems to know everybody else. And here, it's a friendly thing. It's a very friendly thing. Nobody seems to judge anybody else. Everybody seems to be very open and welcome. And this is still something you're getting used to after years of your early life being chased and, and beaten for basically being a half-breed. Okay. Um, let's go see what the machinists are up to. All right, you go to the closest shop, and uh, it actually looks like they're working on almost like a steam engine. This thing is massive, though. It's probably about three stories tall and about maybe 100 feet wide, and with tires and tracks that are bigger than you are standing tall. Uh, it looks sort of like an armored carrier, but you're not quite sure because not war is not a thing they do. It could be an expedition uh, item, uh, but it's gorgeous and huge and finely detailed. The metal from it, you couldn't tell that this was basically cobbled together from scraps. Everything is finely polished and neatly joined. Craftsmanship completely on par with anything else. Can I talk to them and ask them what this is for? Go for it. This is the part where you actually have to, like, interact as characters. So if you want to, like, walk up to somebody and say say something, do go for it. Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, what, is, what is this? What are you building? What, what's this for? Oh, hey, wee one. Uh, well, we got a commission from the council. Apparently they wish to expand the enclave. And uh, they want to go into some of the more dark tunnels. So hopefully this will keep them safe and the expeditionary force to uh, come back in one piece. Because, well, you know, that's kind of important. Oh, okay. D are you building new tunnels or going to tunnels that are already existing but just haven't been really explored? Uh, there's a plenty of collapsed tunnels that need to be cleaned or cleared there are spaces like this enclave that we're in right now that just pocket the land all across the entire continent, and they're all connected somehow. We just have to sort of open them up and hope that nothing too big or too bad is living inside of them. Have you been to the Northwest? Aye. I've uh, uh, been almost to the end of the tunnels. There's uh, a little bit of debris we started clearing away, but it's pretty well safe so far. Have you we found any evidence of previous civilization there? I'd imagine there's plenty of it, Lass. There's buildings and people galore and, and things forgotten everywhere. Very good. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Stop by any time you want to swing a hammer or stoke the fires. I will. Thank you. Uh, I'm also not very good at a 10-year-old voice, so I'm just saying. She is <laughs> a lot more polite than either Vince or I. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put that out there. <laughs> hey, so before you, we I, go any further there, is is A, is Abe with us? B, who the fuck is Abe? <laughs> I'm going to assume <laughs> you're going to voice A because neither of us know who the hell he is. 
Oh yeah, that, it's going to come up. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, Abe is Abe is basically your version of like C three PO. It is one hundred percent a protocol uh, type of creation. It interfaces, translates languages, and uh, occasionally tries to talk your way out of situations if diplomacy is needed. Uh, it is one hundred percent the counterpart to you, Babs. Uh, you like to blow things up. Abe likes to talk things down. For, Which is it, probably why you created Abe, I'm guessing. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> did, and, if, and if robots could have best friends, this would be your best friend. Oh, is he cute at least? Um, it, are these the people who made both of us? Yep. Okay. Her, uh, her adopted father made both of you. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Thanks. So, so, I'm, you, so I'm the one that's like deciding where to go and you guys are just hanging out You're in me? charge today, that's, darling. That's the idea. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Onward then. <laughs> I don't know about what else is there Abe, but the... Babs tends to just follow along and then get you in more trouble. Yep. That's <laughs> all right. You travel through the rest of the city. There's, there's bakers, there's, um, all sorts of basically any flavor of life you, you can find. And you could travel through the city unopposed if you want. You could stop a million places if you want. Um, but yeah, you can go right to the end. You can stop anywhere you want. There's cafes. There's a, a tavern if you want to get a beer at you know ten o'clock in the morning. Which even though you're ten, this is a dwarf settlement. You can have a beer at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, so yeah, you have plenty of plenty of options as far as there. Or you could go right to the edge of the city, right where that tunnel is that leads to the area where you have yet to explore. I'd like to go to the tavern and just listen and see if. Uh... If there's any talk going around that I should know about. All right. You guys step into the tavern and everything goes quiet for a couple seconds before they look you. And I just go back to whatever they're doing and the, the volume goes right back up to normal. Uh, the good thing about having a sort of a city beneath the city that never sleeps is that there is no day or night cycle here enforced unless you choose to have it. So the workers are having dinner at all hours. You start to justify having a drink at 10 in the morning. It, dwarf <laughs> logic, dwarfs dwarfs are like the Canadians of the fantasy world. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. Amazing. So, yeah, you, there's really nothing too weird or anything ear catching going on right now. Uh, basically stories of, you know, oh, I... I slew a dragon in this tunnel while doing my work and the typical boasting that never actually happens. Uh, mostly blue collar workers at this hour that just kind of getting off a shift or getting ready to go into a shift for any of the various trades. Uh, there are a couple traders that go to the surface that are actually uh, sitting. You can see that they're dressed more human than dwarf, uh, fine leathers and, and fabrics, uh, various bits of jewelry, necklaces, rings, um, they act like dwarves, but carry themselves like humans. Uh, it's a little bit weird, and you can see that nobody really wants to be near them. They're kind of in their own corner of the the tavern, just drinking their, their mead and beer and eating their whatever happened to be caught this morning. What if I want to go talk with them? You could if you want to. Okay. You can dance you on the that? tables if you want. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, Joe, at this point now... Have 
she and Babs actually devo- develop some sort of rapport at all, even perhaps kinship, or is it still just he's just defending her and holding back? You tell me. No, you tell me. This is your story. No, it's your character. You tell How me. How many years are we talking about? Months, years? Uh, for, it's been about four, four and a half years. Since I've been with her. Yep. Obvious rapport. So, yes, going to hold back and protect, obviously, but there's got to be some form of rapport. I'm Sissy, do you agree? Um, yeah, I mean. Or are you going to just be a cold-hearted bitch towards me because I'm not a full-blown human? No, because that would go everything against everything that I This do. is what I'm saying. See, we're on the same page here. All right, so we're kind of friends. Not BFFs, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's like, uh, you know. You're like my little brother that every now and then you get on my nerves, but for the most part, we go everywhere together. I can work with that. It's almost like she knows you. Um, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> She's read one too many of my tweets is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we go up to talk to the traders. And uh, having been an outcast myself, I, I just try to be as welcoming to them as possible. They look at you. They kind of look at each other. They look at the two robots standing behind you. Is this a trick? Nope, no trick. Just welcome. Then by all means, join us for, uh, what is this, Lloyd? Breakfast, lunch, dinner? Uh, I don't know, Earl. Could be whatever. So tell me about what's going on up, up on the surface. Oh, the corporations are at it again. You know how it goes. Espionage, warfare, trading... Uh, it's, it's awful, but it's a living and somebody needs to get some things for here. Might as well be us than nobody else. What do you see traded most often? It looks like a shadow passes over his face and you can see that there's a deep sadness there and he just looks down. Lloyd looks over and he just goes, human life, lass, human life. And that's why we live here. Yep. Though, uh, I guess we carry the stink of the humans with us because doesn't seem like he raises his voice like, anybody likes us! <laughs> You're amongst friends. Just don't rile them up. <laughs> yeah, a couple patrons throw some scraps of bread over at the table and the uh, barmaid comes over and brings a f- fresh couple of beers and Another platter of meat. She just kind of walks away very coldly. Well, you know how it is to be different. They look at you and they're like, well, yeah, I guess we do. (laughs) All right. Well, we're off to explore. Enjoy your beer. Enjoy your meat. Uh, That we will. And he grabs the beer that was placed in front of you and drags in front of him. Eh, I'll just be. And he just starts chugging. I'm going to nudge her a little bit before she goes too far away from the table and say, don't you think it'd be wise to ask them if there's anything waiting in that corner where we're headed? Yes, I do. Thank you for that. Uh, Would you like to shed any light on what you've seen in the northwestern part of the civilization here? uh, We don't normally go up that way. We kind of go through the main tunnel entrances to the to the east. Um, So I honestly have no clue. Can you tell me why you don't go up that way or it's just, just no, not your, no, your known path? Just no need. We go to the surface, we come back here and 
that's pretty much it. That's our existence. We generally don't do a whole lot of uh, out-of-the-way exploration. We like our life uh, simple as it can be, even though it tends to be a little more complicated. Very well. Nudge her again. All right, Babs, nudge. There was something else that you had not yet explored at the Northeast. Perhaps they mm. know of that one instead. Have you been to the northeastern part of the town? Uh, it's not too far from the main entrance. I know that they just recently opened that tunnel, uh, but we haven't had any cause to go there yet. To the south or to the east then, maybe? Well, the east is the main gate. We go through that all the time. That's as safe as kittens and, and as you can possibly hope for. Uh, the south, I know... I heard rumors that they're trying to break way through to another settlement. Uh, something called Jersey? I don't know. Is it a settlement that exists or a settlement that they want to build? Uh, it's one that already exists. They, we've we've traded with uh, some people that claim to be from there. Um, but they're all weird and make weird noises and hand gestures and they don't like clothing on their chest for some reason. Like it's really strange. So we kind of not deal with them as much as possible, but Hey, if the, you know, the elders and the council want to establish trade routes with them, if they open that tunnel up and, and everything gets good as gravy, then we'll travel that way as well. But until then, ugh, they're, they're orange too. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't rile them up. I think that's wise advice. All right, Babs, anything else you want to ask before we go? I'm not asking anything. You were. I'm just here for well, you. I'm asking you. No, I, I think that's pretty much it that we're going to get from these guys. All right. Well, thank you guys for your time and uh, good luck. All right. They they salute you as you head out the head out of the bar. Joe, how many people were we seeing in this uh, tavern? Uh, probably 30, 40. Uh, How old is she? Uh, human year, she's 10. She's a fucking kid is what you're... T- oh, but the blend of elf thing. Yeah. She, so she's, she's an adult. She's not a kid. She's an adult, but she just... By, they don't know how to track elven years. They really don't. They don't get a whole lot of elves down here, and they don't know how half-breeds work, if that makes sense. So she looks human. They go by human. I would suggest perhaps going over to talk to the bartender who's had his eye on you all night and uh, ask him if he knows of anybody new in the the tavern that might be able to shed some light on what we might expect at any of those locations. Except for okay. Jersey. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I will take your advice and head to talk to the uh, barkeep. So what you thought was a man actually turns out to be a very, very old dwarf woman uh, who has a beard to rival any other dwarf male you've ever seen. Hey, old dwarven women need loving too, okay? (laughs) I like her already. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you. She's cleaning some glasses and looks to be eyeing the joint. What can I do for you, lass? I'm on a mission to go explore things and uh, collect artifacts for our library and, and you know. Oh, you're Ragnar's kid. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh, well, what brings you into this uh, wonderful establishment at such a early morning of the day cycle? Well, your effervescent personality, of course. Oh, you talk just like your pops. 
<laughs> I just wanted to say hello and, um, you know, see if there's anything you've heard of that might sound interesting to a 10-year-old dwarven elven human kid. Oh, you're going to find your own troubles. I don't know about interesting except for those uh, posh ones in the corner. They tip well, though. So that is that. Other than that last thing here, anything weird or strange? No, it's, nothing about up the up the tunnels up uh, northeast, northwest of town? Just that they've recently opened them. Uh, you could probably find something there, I'm sure. there's These tunnels connect to tons of everything. Hmm. Okay. Anything to the south other than this Jersey place I keep hearing about? Ah, the land of the orange people. Nah, there is uh, not much happening there yet. The tunnels are still uh, pretty well sealed. Lots of debris and ancient... Uh, Ancient metals to move in mine. I suspect uh, before the end of the year, it will uh, will have made a breakthrough in a trade route. Well, all right. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with me? Aye, she looks at Babs and Abe. You two, keep her out of the trouble. If Ragnar hears anything happen to her, it's going to be your asses, because I'm going to tell him that you did it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you. I don't think Have we're nice going to get anything more from here. See you later. Hmm? I don't think we're going to get anything more in this tavern. All right. Let's head out of the tavern. Joe, um, how are these passages set up uh, northwest and northeast? Is there like a passageway, some sort of underground subsystem or anything? Or are we literally hoofing it all the way? You're hoofing it. Okay. How far so, is it from where we are to those destinations? Uh, from the actual like cave entrances, you're probably like maybe a 10 minute walk, not even. Oh, okay. So we're not far from where we're going. No, no, no. Uh, okay. I thought it was way Yeah, the, the enclave may be huge, but most of the, the areas to get to that they've discovered are like the tunnel system, pretty w- easily accessible. And it's not like, um, it's not like above ground where everything is cluttered and there's masses of people. Because while there is a large number of, of people living here, the streets are, are well-maintained and clear. Um, there's not debris. There's no squalor. There's nothing that you really have to avoid. Um, it's rustic, but it's clear. So you can pretty much go anywhere you need to within about 20 minutes. Oh, well, we can just huff it from here anytime you want. All right. Let's head up that way. See what we find along the way. All right. The rest of your journey is uneventful. It's just the normal bustle of everyday life. Uh, tons of forges and smithies. Uh, the northeast tends to be more mechanical uh, part of the city than anything else. And you reach the end of the the settlement, the edge of the settlement, pretty easily. And here's this large gaping hole that uh, leads to the sort of what you would guess would be a cave of sorts. Um, it's well lit all the way down though. You can see that there's been chem lights that have been laid out every, looks like two, three feet. Um, and because they're chem lights and don't rely on the electricity, there's really no chance of them going out. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any guards or anything like that. And it looks like there's just a stream of workers moving debris in and out. looks like old scraps of metal, old pieces of what probably were once cars. And they just keep dragging it out of the tunnel and bringing it down to the smithies. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go talk to a smithy. Well, there's one not too far away. You see that they're basically melting down the scrap metal and trying to form it into ingots so that they could work with them later on. 
Um, they have them all divided out. Looks like there's a bunch of copper, a bunch of aluminum, and a bunch of steel that they've all they've all forged down. All right, where did all this metal come from? You're asking one of them. Hello. Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Use your manners, girl. You were raised better than that. Sorry, guys. Uh, hello. Um, where where are you finding all this metal from? What's what's it remnant of? Well, the city that was once above and now below. Old New York. All of it tends to come down. And what are Here you building store, with it? Whatever we need. Shelter, tools, weapons, anything the settlement needs that can be crafted out of metal, we take care of it. Does it all stay down here? For our purposes, yeah. Occasionally will some of the more advanced things, and he points at the two robots with you uh, will sometimes get traded to the surface, but our life is simple. The, the overdwellers don't need pickaxes and swords and spears and, and the such. They want their fancy laser rifles and weird bionic eyes and no offense to you two, but servant robots that are capable of amazing feats. Our life, uh, our life is easier that way. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Sounds well, thank good. You. I'm nobody's servant. I guess I am. <laughs> You're supposed to defend me. Say they're not my servants, they're my friends. They're not my servants, they're my friends. Too late now, I had to ask for it. Abe, Abe pipes up, uh, actually, Babs, uh, we, we kind of we kind of are. She's sort of the boss. I mean... I mean, truth can hurt sometimes. Uh, but you guys are the only friends I have, and I love you both. So, let's move on. Um... All right, let's walk further towards the uh, opening of the of the tunnel here. Yep, it's rough hewn from stone, but it's massive. We're talking thirty feet tall, fifty feet wide. Uh, looks like it was bore out with a huge drilling machine uh, of some sort. It's definitely not natural. Looks like uh, the walls are are pretty sheer. Uh, there's definitely markings or, or almost like a corkscrew pattern uh, where something definitely uh, chiseled it all away. Um, you can walk down there if you want. You could stay here all day if you want. Your choice. Let's walk down. You never cease to be amazed at the ingenuity of the dwarves. Uh, what would normally be a scary experience is peaceful and calm. You're not afraid that this thing is going to collapse in on yourself despite how massive it is or how much weight is bearing down on it from the surface. Everything is just perfectly jointed. You keep traveling down, and there's just the constant stream of workers back and forth towards the edge of the tunnel. Um, and you reach the end of it about maybe 300 feet down, and you can see where they're working. And it's just massive chunks of, of boulder, solid steel, and and other things that you can't quite make out. But it looks like there should be enough space for you to squeeze between if you wanted to get to the other side. Absolutely. All right. You go ahead and you scroll your way through, and this is where the light sort of trails off. The tunnels past this point haven't been open, so they're pretty dark, uh, and they're pretty damp. So you go from relative safety to nightmare fuel relatively quickly. But you have no problem getting through the small enclosed space into what looks like opens up into an equally sized tunnel, but this one much more natural, craggy, 
filled with rocks and dark places. And you can hear the trickle of water just dripping from the walls. Does Babs have a light function? Uh, of course. So does. Turn it on. I also have cyber eyes thing. I'm, I'm actually looking uh-huh. at my character sheet because I wouldn't have fucking known. But yeah, I have <laughs> this thing, the cyber eyes, and it also says low light vision. Yeah, you also have, um, for lack of a better term, you can turn your eyes into headlamps. So you can actually just pop them on and have little tiny, uh, well, torches, so there to speak. Go. Okay. Let well, there let's, be light. Let's give a scan and see if there's anything interesting in here that, that should be explored further. For what you see here, it looks like the tunnel goes forward about another 10 feet and then veers to the left. Uh, there is a definite presence of cobwebs all around you. It looks like whatever. I know what that been- means. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> uh, it is very damp uh, and very cold. Um, you're fine. You have your your adventurer's gear, so to speak. Uh, so you're not really in harm of freezing or anything like that. But you can definitely feel the absence of Fuck civilized the cold. She should be worried about the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have a weapon? Yes, several okay. actually. Okay, good enough. All right, then. A magician, dude. <laughs> her well, mind thing. is her you weapon. You have you have okay, seen her 11. reach out her hand and spit acid from her palm. Uh. You're pretty sure she's okay. All right then. So right. I want to have uh, Babs and Abe do like a cyber scan of the place and see if there's anything in here of interest to me. Uh, go ahead, uh, Babs. You can go ahead and give me a test at ten dice. Oh shit! Hold on a second here. I remember how to do this. Ten. Yes. No oh, crap! I need to mute that. <laughs> Why is it making noise? Just to spite you, Roger. Just it really does. You. Don't kid yourself. Uh, you and Abe do a scan of the area. Uh, Abe doesn't really see anything of note. Uh, you see old, looks like, conduits for electrical current embedded into the wall. Um, looks like old pipes that maybe at one point in time were used to power whatever was near here. Okay, so what do you suggest, Babs? Okay, Joe, there's only, basically, it's go forward and turn left. That's it. There's no other paths anywhere, no broken little cracks in the wall, no nothing else. Nothing that you could see. Well, if you are of a mind that you would like to battle large spiders today, then I suggest we proceed forward. I would like to turn back. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly can if you want, but you haven't seen any large spiders. I mean, the the spider webs look normal size. I mean... When they say where there's smoke, there's fire, they also mean where there's spider webs, there are spiders. And in such an environment as this, they're likely to be large. Well, I'm not saying we won't be able to take them. It's up to you to decide. There are some other things that you can do. Um, So in this particular case, you are a spellcaster. So you can make a spellcasting roll, which is a test at 10 dice, and you can see if you can detect... Uh, anything around us. You also have the ability to summon. So you could summon a rat spirit or something along those lines to scout ahead and maybe try to use something more supernatural senses to see if anything is around you. You do have those options available to you. And FYI, thank you for not sending us to go check. (laughs) Don't judge me. Uh... I I said thank you. (laughs) Genuinely from the bottom of my tin heart. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. 
All right. Um, let's let's summon that little rat guy and have him check it out. So you in, reach into your bag and you pull out this little carved stone that looks like a, a tiny rat and you've carved it yourself and you place it down on the ground and you take out a piece of chalk and you draw a little symbol around it and you speak arcane words that have lost all meaning to any but you because, well, if you're not a spellcaster, you don't know what the hell you're saying. As you complete the lovely little phrase the stone starts to crack and come apart and out of it, a little simulacra of it, a a copy of it comes alive. It's somewhat transparent and bluish in tint and it squeaks just like a regular rat. And it turns around and sits down and looks at you almost like a dog trying to sit and wait for instructions. And it just looks up at you, twitches its tail a little bit. All right, little friend, go up to the left explore and see what is lurking back there sniff it out and come back to me it stands up on its hind legs and you swear it salutes to you with its front paws and then turns around and scampers (laughs) down the hall (laughs) it goes around the corner and you lose sight of it five ten minutes pass and then it starts coming back and it's scampering along and it comes and sits right back down in front of you and You'd swear it gave you a thumbs up. All right, so all clear then? <laughs> rats don't have thumbs. <laughs> a- I call it bullshit. Roger, actually, Roger, rats do have thumbs. Fuck off. Learn biology. <laughs> don't make me separate you two. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, it basically gives you the all clear, and then it fades away into the nothingness, and in its place is your carved stone. All right, let's pick up my stone and get to getting... Alright. You go please up and you your, uh, please keep your headlight lamp eyeballs on their guy. Their guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would suggest that I take the lead here if that's all right with you. That would be great. Alright. You go up and you go around the corner and the hall the the, the, the corridor is unremarkable. As soon as you turn the corner though, it starts to pick up a little bit of wind almost like you swear there's a draft and as you move forward through the darkness you come to about 50 feet ahead there's a dead stop and what's before you is something that well probably shouldn't be here but actually is standing 30 feet tall and 50 feet wide is a carved door in the face of what is just pure rock and it looks like somebody went through the motions of chiseling out a door, but there are no seams or cracks that you can see just lightly carved faces. Babs, are you still in the lead here? Well, I'm looking at the door. I'm trying to see whether or not there's any sort of mechanism to either a open it, B signal that we are on the other side of the door or anything at all. All right. So you actually, can make a roll too, Babs, and yours is going to be 12 dice. Oh, for fuck's sakes. (laughs) Abe will attempt to help you. Abe points out that uh, a couple of the pieces do look like they move almost, but not all the way through. Um, I, I I don't quite know. This is something I've not encountered before, young miss, but it looks like these... This little section here, it it almost looks like a puzzle. 
Well, then I say we figure it out. How uh, technologically advanced are these folks? Like, are there down there a lot of the technological advances that we saw, like in Boston, where I can plug in, jack in, and figure shit out? Or is it just basically old school dwarven architecture? It depends on which part of the city you go to. Like, the area where you guys were created is much like what you're used to in modern day Shadowrun or current game. Uh, there's a lot of technological interfaces and things like that. They have their own version of the grid, the matrix that they run off of that's completely separate from the rest of the world. Uh, but the interfaces are very similar. Uh, what's standing before you doesn't really scream technological, though. It looks like an old stonework thing. Okay. Um, like long, 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 long time ago forgotten. Almost as if it was out of a fantasy novel. Okay. So you actually can make a roll if you want to try to uh, figure out the puzzle, all of you. Uh, and it's going to be a knowledge check. So for you, Sissy, that would be 12 dice. So you can make a shadow test at 12. And for Roger, that would be 11 dice for you. Huzzah. Oh, you got this. I have been so, redeemed. <laughs> uh, you puzzle at it for a little bit. And, and Triz, you, you, you can't really get all the pieces that move the way they're supposed to. And so Babs comes up and kind of gently nudges you out of the way and says, I got this. And just hands as quick as possibly you can imagine, like blurs of speed are moving these, these stone pieces around. And when he's done, it looks as if a gargoyle's face has been formed out of all of the pieces. And then the face sinks back into the wall. And then a low rumble starts to shake the entire cavern as the doors start to swing in. As I'd like the door hide out of the way until we see the door open completely. Uh, there's really nothing to hide behind besides Babs or Abe. So <laughs> I would like to hide behind Babs. <laughs> I'm gonna put my hand on my pistol on my hip. <laughs> All right. As the door swings open, and this is the entire cavern's worth of door, mind you, is swinging in on itself. Blue lights start to flicker on in the space beyond. But not normal lights, almost like flames. And as each one continues to illuminate the space, the light level gets to a point where you can actually see what looks like an absolutely opulent room in front of you. There are bookcases lining this entire space. There's a fine layer of dust on the books, but what looks like maybe a week's worth, not eons worth of misuse. There's couches strewn about the place. And at the central point of the room is a massive fireplace, a circular fireplace with a vent going straight up through the ceiling that as you look up to try to follow it, you lose complete sight into darkness. This room is massive and you cannot see the roof. The fire pit lights up and finally bays the room in complete light. And it looks almost like a comfortable study that's 50 feet by 50 feet by you have no clue how tall. What do you do? I'm thinking about that. <laughs> um, I want to start in the corner. wander right and in while she's thinking. You what? I'm just going to wander in while you're thinking. Yeah, Have I'm going to start in the corners and look, like just exploring and 
looking and seeing if I can figure out who this belongs to and what this means and where it's all from. You see most of the walls are covered by just bookshelves. And as you start going through the books, you'll see things from like the collected works of Shakespeare and Keats and the tellings of all these ancient civilizations come and gone. Um, You'll find a book on something with this huge, massive tome uh, written in a form of script you have never seen before, but it looks like it's bound with like leather and deerskin. And there's an old Gaelic, sort of like a rune etched on the front of the book that says the first people. This puts your collection back in the enclave to shame. I'm going to look around the ground and whatnot. Are there like any sort of booby traps or anything that I should be concerned about for her? Uh, You can make me a roll. Uh, You see your survival is six, but you're at full capacity. Twelve dice. Nothing that you can see. No traps, no anything. This is you know what that means, right? (laughs) Just because I can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. (laughs) I'm going to suggest in character, please proceed carefully. I don't see anything, but we never know. Okay. As you examine the rest of the room, nothing nothing happens, but it just feels like a comfortable study. There are leather loungers. There are, looks like, small tables spattered all over the place. And it looks like tucked into one of the bookshelves, instead of a book, instead of books, there's almost like a small bar. And it looks like there's crystalware and bottles of liqueur just lined up, ready for consumption. If you didn't know better, you would swear this was somebody's study. Is there another entrance other than the cave we just came through? Well, not that you see. Can we look for one? You can. How would you <laughs> like how would you like to look for one? Are you gonna look for one traditionally or are you gonna try to look for one arcana like arcana? Yeah, arcana. Alright, so give me ten dice test, please. Oh, yeah. One of the bookshelves is glowing this massively bright blue-white color, and it looks like it's the bookshelf directly opposite of the wall you came in from. Okay. Let's let's first look around and see if there's any recent sign of life in this place, and then go to that bookcase. Like I said, nothing that you can really see aside from the fact that the dust doesn't look like it's too bad. Like I said, maybe about a week's worth of not being cleaned. Um, the seats are definitely worn from use, uh, not from decay. Uh, the books are all in great shape. Uh, the rugs are all perfectly clean. None of them are torn or, or ripped to shreds. And that's about it. Like there's, but nothing that says somebody's been here like today. I'm Can I bring the, the first men book with me and then head over? Oh, absolutely. You could shove that in your backpack. But it didn't take her long to get into thieving, let me tell you. <laughs> it's, She's going to fit right in. Abe <laughs> turns to Abe turns to Babs. It, it's not thievery, it's reclamation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. <laughs> oh, I see who the favorite is. He's Babs. I have feelings. All right, let's walk over to that glowing bookcase. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Is there anything else of use in this thing, in this room, oh, yeah. other than books? Joe? Just the, just the fire pit and looks like the liquor and 
uh, some fire tools like the uh, the coal shovel and uh, fire poker. That's really about it. There's no Maybe desk. We take the fire poker with us. <laughs> I think my rifle is going to serve us a lot better than a fire poker. Let me tell you. Oh right, I can shoot acid out of my hands too. Never mind. Yeah, really. <laughs> fire poker. What are we going up against? Ghosts. Um, is there a desk of some sort? Not that you see. Everything looks like it's made for comfort, not really study. Okay. Okay. Like well. loungers and couches and things of that nature. All right, you go up to the bookshelf, and one book in particular glows brighter than all the rest. And you can fiddle with it if you want. Yeah, I just pull that book. All right, it's the sort of classic hidden book switch. As you pull the book back, you do hear a click, and the doors behind you close as this shelf slides up into the ceiling. And sunlight hits your face. Uh And before you are rolling green hills in what looks like a parapet of a castle. Uh, Well, given that I'm not exactly welcome on the surface, I'm probably not going to be very excited about this. (laughs) Babs, do you know anything about this castle? Anything up here that we should know before we proceed? Just to verify, we climbed down from where she started 300 feet correct yep that is correct okay we uh, sorry we walked 300 feet there was a slope leading down in terms of how far we are below the earth's surface what are we looking at how many stories approximately your internal uh depth meter because you do have one of those things because you are you know made for that sort of thing uh you are according to your machinery Still three, four, five hundred stories below where New York City is. Okay, so we're like five hundred stories below ground. So obviously, this is not natural sunlight. So I would suggest we proceed with a lot of caution. I'm going to take my rifle out, as a matter of fact. All right, my spell hands ready. (laughs) Jazz hands. Um. So yeah, you, do you guys step out or do you guys sit here and, and just kind of enjoy the breeze? That is entirely up to her. Uh, we step out. All right, you step out onto what looks like finely carved and pieced together stone and brickwork, and it looks like the castles that you've read about in your books. And what lays out before you are just rolling hills. And you swear you see livestock just picking and grazing in these fields. And to your left and to your right, you see the rest of what looks like an ancient castle. Just large cylindrical towers and spires and bridges connecting between the towers. And if you move a little bit to the right and the left, there is a massive courtyard with a giant fountain behind you. Do any of my abilities with what I can see allow me to see whether or not this is real or a trick of the light or a some sort of hologram, if that should exist in this world or something like that? Surprisingly, uh, you would have seen... You don't see illusion. It's one of those things that's really strange about cybernetic entities. 
your brains, while being super advanced and on par with humans, you don't see illusions the same way that humans would. Um, so unless there is an artifacting of you being jacked into a corrupted system, if this wasn't real, you wouldn't see it. Can I cast a bullshit ometer spell? <laughs> and from uh, henceforth, make... that is how it will be known. <laughs> uh, you can make me a 10 dice check to see if you can uh, sense bullshit. Okay. Uh, yeah, there is no bullshit here for you to see. So it's all legit. It all has a. It, it <laughs> no, all no, is legit. no, no, you can't tell if there's bullshit. Doesn't mean it ain't oh. there. Right. Yes, that. Uh, okay, let's turn around and go to the fountain behind us. All right, there's a like a spiral staircase that leads down to the courtyard where the fountain is. So you can go down there if you wish. Quietly. Do well, we see any is, people? Well, make me a uh, a notice check, which is going to be your intuition, which is at eight dice because you are at full capacity. You do actually notice that there are people milling about here and there in the courtyard. It looks like gardeners, uh, attendants sweeping, uh, and it looks like a couple individuals lounging uh, by the fountain reading. Okay, I'm going to be the racist in the room. What race are they? <laughs> they just hey, I've like got this half-breed with me. I'm just trying to take care of her. <laughs> they, they look like generic white humans. Okay. Who do not particularly care for my kind. Is that right? Your experience, yes. I thought it was the elves that didn't like her, but... it's a, She's a half-breed. Almost nobody likes half-breeds. Okay. Jerks. Okay, forget about it. We're not going down to the fountain then because I don't <laughs> want to be caught and thrown in jail. Uh, uh, Is that what would happen, Joe? What are what's, what's the worst that's going to happen here if they see her? Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, they'd probably throw her out per, per chance or, I mean, it depends. You don't know where exactly you are, so to speak. If it was regular surface world, she'd be shunned, ignored, or essentially just kind of turned away. Okay, so there's no threat to her life per se. Uh, not unless somebody is particularly racist now. Right, okay. Well, she's cute as a button. Come on, who would want to hurt her? <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess let's go down then and check it out. All right, you go down. None of the workers seem to mind you at all. They look at you and just kind of go about their business. No hurried steps, no disgusted stares, nothing. Just What's in the fountain? Is it water? It is the bluest, cleanest water you have ever seen in your life. There is no rust from old pipes. There is no uh, discolorment whatsoever. And it smells as if it was mountain fresh. Do the people look like they are of sound mind and body or do they look like they are like in a trance or something? They appear to be normal for all intents and purposes. If this was back in your home enclave this would not look out of place as far as like how they're acting. They, they look like they're acting like normal, normal creatures, normal people. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's engage with one of them. All right. Who do you approach? Uh, let's go talk to the guy that is sweeping. 
Alright, he... You go up to him. Oh, alright. Hey, miss. Sir. Other sir. What can I do for you? Hi. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, what can you tell us about this place? Uh, right. It's the Master's Castle. And, uh, we, we sort of just do our thing. What can you tell me about your master? Oh, he's a kind soul. Him and his, him and his wife, they're, uh, they're real nice. That's them over there. He points to the couple lounging by the fountain. How long have you been here? Uh, right on five years, I believe. All right. Uh, where did you come from? Ah, came from one of the villages in the fields. Came for work. Didn't feel like raising livestock anymore and figured it was better to sweep floors and shovel dung. <laughs> Fair enough, friend. Thank you. Uh, Babs, anything else I'm missing here? I'm just going to listen and stay behind. Okay. Uh, maybe let's go talk to somebody that is uh, gardening. All right. You go up to somebody who looks like they're just pruning the the flowers and uh, taking up the the weeds and kind of making sure everything is nice and pretty. looks like a couple of them are are actually making sculptures out of shrubbery, uh, which is really, really odd. Um, The only thing of note I should say is this is the most green you've seen ever. Um, Like you cannot remember seeing this much green in one space, let alone, you know, contained for somebody's enjoyment. But you can walk right up to them. They're just kind of trimming away. Pardon me, I can't help but notice this amazing work. How do you how do you make your garden look so lush? Uh, well, it's uh, love and care, Miss Love and care. We uh, make sure that the flowers are are, are sung to at night, as they say. <laughs> uh, basically, we just make sure that there's no weeds, and we make sure they're well tended and watered. Uh, there's not much to it; just lots of time. What is this place? Uh, the the land or the castle? I I, I don't understand. Both. Tell me about the castle. Tell me about the land in the castle. Tell me about who lives in the castle. Ah, uh, the, the the master and the mistress. Uh, well, the land. The, this is Tiernanog. Um, it, it's an old land. It is it is well sung about in the the annals of history. Um, the the castle is bears the same name, uh, and and the master and mistress come from a long line of respected noble men and women. Uh, they they make sure that we're taken care of, unlike the rest of the world. Uh, we have clean food and water and clothes and warm places to sleep at night, and it's it's ever so nice. How long have the master and mistress been here? Uh, well, they inherited it from their for well, the the young mister. Uh, the, the, he he inherited it from his family when they when they passed uh, ten years ago. It was quite the affair. Uh, and he found this lovely young maiden when he was out strolling through the fields and, and visiting the towns and took quite a liking to her. And, well, he raised one of our own up to the status of, of such eliteness. And they've been ever so kind. So you're happy here. Oh, quite, miss. Quite. I I couldn't imagine anywhere else. Okay. Thank you. If I'm looking around, do I see any indication on how sunlight would be produced this far underground. You look up and there's a sky with the sun burning bright. I I know I'm a cyborg, but am I feeling heat 
does my quote unquote skin feel oh, yeah. heat so I can feel sunlight heat on me? Oh yeah, it's warm. It's it's like a summer day. And this is an endless sky. It's not like I'm looking up like a water well kind of thing. It's just I look up and I'm seeing sky. Rolling skies, yep. Moving clouds, there's definitely wind. Um, it looks as if what you would expect a normal everyday sky to be. Okay. Where are the uh, Lord and Lady in regards to where we are now? Uh, looks like they're sitting by the fountain reading books. Okay. How, have they noticed us by now? Uh, if they have, they haven't said a thing. Okay. I'm actually not going to say anything to her and I'm just going to slowly walk. I've put my gun, obviously. I would have done that earlier back in my back, so I'm not threatening. But I'm going to walk over to where they are and sit very close. Actually, I'm not even going to sit. I'm going to walk up to where they are and look down at them. <laughs> well, in typical BAPS fashion, you block out the sun uh, that they were using to read the book and just kind of stare at them. And as you get this close, you notice that their ears are actually pointed. Um, not human, very elfish, but they're not thin like most of the elves that you've encountered. Um, they're, they're very hardy, very built, very stocky almost. And the young master, the, he closes his book slowly and with a smile that just oozes charm, looks at you. Ha ah, visitors. Welcome to Tirnanog. The gates are always open, obviously, for everybody to come and visit. What, what can we do for you? Are you hungry or thirsty? Do you wish to partake in our, our garden? Please, sit. Join us. I'd rather not. I, I'm fine standing. We came in through this gate over here. I'm going to point to where we came in. How many other entrances are there to this location? Uh, he looks at his wife. Uh, dear, how, how many was there at last count? She closes her book as well and looks lost in thought for a couple seconds, closes her eyes, opens them back up. Uh, 786,000, I believe. Yes, that was the last count. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> okay, that was out of character, but that <laughs> Obviously, robot wouldn't say that, but that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> are we talking normal portals? Or are we talking doors? Or what the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> are you asking in character or out of character? Okay, okay. Please explain what you mean by, because that is an astronomical amount of doors. Are you talking about portals of some sort? I'm talking about physical means by which people can enter this place. Yes, 7,086. Okay. I'm going to turn over to her. I'm going to assume that she came over to and has been listening to this. And I'm going to say, if there's that many entrances and that many people coming through here, one would think we would have heard about this place already. I'm inclined to agree. While you're lost in your conversation, uh, the young master stands up and is, how oh, I, 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 Apologize, I understand. Um, you must have found your way here accidentally. It happens all the time, though. Do not worry. You are free to come and go as you see fit. All is welcome once they have found here. What is here? Tirnanog, the, the land of the elves. Well, then, that's interesting. 
And that's where we end, folks. A long-forgotten memory drudging itself up from the past. And how will that affect our adventures of tomorrow? Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Thank you all for joining us on this latest adventure of Shadowrun. Uh, be sure to stop by and see us. We can be found at ForTheLore.com. Uh, if you want to see us on the Twitters, I can be found at LoaderZJ. Roger can be found at Zen Buddhist. And Vince, whenever he decides to actually show his ass back up, can be found at Simodian. Um, we try to go live every Monday, so feel free to join us Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, otherwise, you can find us at ForTheLore.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other normal places. Um, so, yeah, see you next time. So, thank you very much for coming out for this. Thank you, guys. I, I really would like to do this again soon. I just have to work it out with the hubs. <laughs> Not no a problem. All right, take care. Thank you, too. And, Joe, seriously, really amazing. Like, the intro had me, like, all tearing up. And <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that's where we end, folks. Along <laughs> that one. Take two. <laughs> Maybe I should just mute myself, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast.